Today, I'm lucky to have two guests, Robin DeSerca and Carolyn Potter from Deloitte, Australia. We've been working with Robin and Carolyn for about four months now, and we're nearly at the end of our first stage delivering a visitor experience as part of our platform that connects, um, that connects and gives the visitor a seamless access pass physically to the office and also connects them to the ground floor concierge and the guest services team. This is a pretty technical project, so we're integrating a few different systems and, and place OS is sitting in the middle. But my guests, Robin and Carolyn, your roles in this project have nothing to do with the technical side. So I wanted to talk to you. We often, we often talk about who is at the table when we make business decisions and technical decisions. And you both being a part of the Deloitte project, but having nothing to do with the technical side has actually elevated the project in my opinion. So um, I really wanted to talk to you about your roles in the project, um, your roles more broadly. So let's start with you, Robin. Um, can you explain a little bit about your role and, and I guess your role in this project in particular? Yes, thanks, Lindell. Uh, so I've been at Deloitte for um, nearly 17 years in a whole range of roles, but most recently heading up our group property and workplace portfolio. So that means that um, our real estate nationally uh, falls under my portfolio, not only the buildings themselves, but what goes on inside the buildings and how we provide services to our internal clients who are our staff as well as to our external clients and visitors um, coming in to experience our meetings, functions and events. So uh, I have a great team of people on the ground um, across each of our offices. We've got 12, off 12 offices nationally uh, and all of those teams report up through to either Carolyn and myself or our Director of Group Property. I like how you group together meetings um, into, you know, events as well. So how people um, experience those. And I like that you call them your internal customers so that we're actually thinking about the employee as a customer. And that's probably related to, I guess, Deloitte being a big four and actually being in that war for talent. You really do have to think about your employees as customers, I guess. Yeah, look, it's interesting that you have um, touched on that, Landell, and I think it starts right at our recruitment process. We absolutely know that the um, offer that we put out to people to join Deloitte is quite compelling. We invite them to, to come and join a, a forward-thinking organisation that's innovative, creative and at the cutting edge. So we expect people to bring their best selves to work and what we try to do is make sure that when they do, we're offering them the most suitable environment to work in and to be their best self. I suppose that's changed pretty significantly over the last six weeks with COVID because we now experience people not coming into the office um, and working from home or working remotely and we've had to review those services. Uh, and I must say the teams have been quite inventive about how they're doing that. Um, we're currently getting ready to move from our Melbourne office at 550 Burke to 477 Collins Street and this technology we're talking about is fundamental to that experience but we're trying to move an office with over two and a half thousand workspaces um, with no one coming to work um, so offering people you know virtual sessions to clear out storage to clear out lockers helping partners doing virtual meetings with partners helping them 
clear out their um, offices and pack their boxes and things like that. So it's really stretched to the notion of support in many, many ways. Wow. I didn't even think of things like that, like the logistics of having stuff at work and not being able to go in there and get it before you do a move in, what, May or June? Yes, we're moving in two weeks. So Monday the 18th of May is our day one in our new office. And so over the the last four weeks and the next two weeks, we've definitely been working predominantly remotely with people to understand what their needs are, return things to them at their homes, pack on their behalf, and then obviously be ready for unpacking at the other end on their behalf as well, because we're not sure that people will still be able to come into the office at that stage. Wow. Yeah. So when we're talking about change and change management and culture management um, at times like this, so uh, those those sort of things roll into part of both yours and Carolyn's roles. And um, I don't know if that's a formal thing, but I just know from listening to you both on conference calls that those are always front and centre. We're always talking to you about culture. We're always talking to you about change management. And if anything gets too technical, you two are the always the ones that are bringing it back to the people and, and you know, managing that change. So that's a real stretch at the moment. I guess it, it highlights a little bit more that that's the right people to be involved in a project that is due to support those employees as they move, even if it is a technical one. Stuff I didn't even think of. Um, Carolyn, can I ask you as well? So um, Robin's been 17 years at Deloitte. You were 18 years at PwC and now you're at Deloitte. Um, Can you offer up any of the differences between the two organisations? Certainly, Landell. Thank you for, you know, inviting us to join in today. Uh, Look, it is... um, in some ways, they are very similar. They are, we're both large professional services firms. Um, in a sense, some of the things that we are, that we do, and what they do are, are, are definitely similar. And we're obviously in a competitive market. Where I think I've found differences with Deloitte is there's a real openness to make change. Um, we we are very technically focused. We provide great technical solutions. Um, for our clients. And so when we're looking and trying to grasp something that we want to try and improve, whether that be a a productivity, whether it's the experience um, for our clients that we're trying to to build on, um, there's been a real openness from from Robin and, and many of our business teams in terms of trying to provide that and also really open to challenge it and to, you know, disrupt how we do things. And I, I think that's um, a really great focus that I, I take in now of being at Deloitte probably about two years now. Um, in fact, two years today I am today. Congratulations, <laughs> Carolyn. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, like I'd probably say there's lots of similarities, but there's also in terms of what I'm experiencing now is the the mode and, and the speed in which we're delivering some of our technical solutions to enhance the experience for our both our people and, in this case, the solution you're providing for us for our clients um, has been phenomenal. I think that's probably something to draw out. We've got amazing, amazing skilled teams and 
I see what we're delivering, how we've brought it together, has been a great experience to be in and particularly for this project. Yeah, absolutely. Like you've got a wealth of different skills sitting within Deloitte, which is um, which has been fantastic to work with. Everyone from like Yaman in platform development to Akul who can do all of the technical stuff and um, Kieran who's got really good grasp on the big picture but translating that into, you know, what that means between people and tech. It's You've definitely got some good staff in there. And, Caroline, I know that you used to be um, one of my colleagues' bosses, um, Shane Bosley at, at PwC. Um but what I've noticed that from from both him and yourself, you have this one particular school skill that's really, uh, I don't know, I wish I had more of it. You have a very good, like, common sense approach to work stress. Both you and Shane seem to have that. I thought that might have come from you and maybe you mentored it down to him. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Thank you. Um you look, I, I think one of the things I, I have learnt in, in my career is that, you know, calm, you have to be calm and patient. Um, there are times, of course, we all have those moments um, where you, you, you know, a trusted advisor that you talk to about things that get to you. But um, it's one of the things I have learnt in that, you know, you can't, sometimes you can't affect change, whether how frustrated you might be about it. Sometimes you can't change where the current decisions are. You you have to make the best and, and what you can actually control is how you behave uh, and handle that particular situation. And I think that's um, one of the things I've always instilled in my team. And if hopefully if that is rubbed off on Shane, then that's great. It's wonderful to see tra- um, Shane's career and how he's progressed. I've always always was felt of him very fondly and he um, had a willingness to grasp and learn things quickly. And I, I think that's the piece that I've I actually enjoy as an as an individual with with teams to actually hopefully share some of my knowledge and um, help people improve and, and deliver in their careers as they go forward. Landell, I'd just like to say that you're absolutely right. Carolyn manages a very, very complex portfolio um, very, very well and very proficiently. But I think it's a double-edged sword and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. I think that there is... Um, advantages and disadvantages in us um, making the complex simple and, you know, constantly delivering uh, against, you know, sort of unrealistic milestones or, you know, sort of um, overly um, difficult situations, etc. because it's – we have to remind leadership that don't overlook the fact that, that it takes a certain skill set to deliver at this level – and I feel that, you know, we have sometimes other colleagues who are a lot more frenetic and frantic and attract more attention um, and that the person who's, you know, beavering along very, very cleverly uh, sometimes makes it look too easy. And I'm not yeah. quite sure what the answer to that is uh, other than to make sure that, you know, the that we complement each other on what we're doing, that we call out the successes that people are having and that we make sure that leadership absolutely understand that these things did not happen easily um, and that a great deal of, of planning and effort went into delivering some significant milestones. 
Oh, it's such a good point. I think a lot of organisations right now are realising um, the difference between the optics of working and actually working. So things like that where, you know, certain things make, you know, people make it look easy even though it's not really. Um, but even being in the office and and constantly being at events and, and all of the extracurricular activities of the office, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting more work done either. And I think we're seeing a lot of our um, customers, for example, are, are discovering that people are actually better at working from home than what they thought they might be and that it, there's um, a, a big importance placed still on work is, is you know, being seen to be working, whereas really organisations are, are sort of cottoning on now that that's not necessarily true. Yes, Landell, I agree with that. I think I think often um, um, being seen doing the job and actually delivering uh, obviously two very different things. So moving moving, uh, I think a lot of businesses to being more outcome focused. Um, what is what what are what is that individual delivering? Um, that trust, I think, I think a lot of lot of companies have had to we've mobilised incredibly quickly to be able to. Um, you know, work work from home, and you know, it's it's amazing to see some of how some of our colleagues and and how that is now how that turned so quickly and so effortlessly. I'm sure for our IT people, it was um, quite a lot of work, but how effortless effortlessly, sorry, um, that was achieved. I think I think that's a big change. I think there's you know, Robin and I quite quite often talk about what will the new norm be. Um, how people are finding that change at working from home now and that experience of maintaining connection, which often is part of, you know, what we're trying to achieve, creating environments in our workplaces that um, support that level of connectiveness to how they how they enable people to collaborate and create um, and also then focus as well. So the balance that you have with this, and and I think the COVID world has has changed and perhaps turned a few things upside down for for many different types of businesses who previously may have thought that this couldn't have been achieved. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I wanted to switch tact a little bit and talk to you, Robin. I gave you a compliment before we, we started recording, I guess. We were talking a little bit about work style and dressing for success. I know that you are working with the Dress for Success um, charity. I know you do a lot of work with them. But you also have a really, you know, there's there's a few people that I work with who are always just dressed perfectly and you are definitely one of them you just always have that perfect balance between like you know that I'm in charge here and I'm professional and I've got like part of my style in my work outfits um I wanted to talk a little bit about that because you've clearly got an, an eye for design and style so can we talk a little bit like how your your work with dress for success kind of merges into your work with Deloitte and even our project now like your opinion in on our technical designs is is really well thought out and and obviously we've we've come back with some really beautiful designs um, that are pretty unique so can we talk a little bit about that yeah sure Landell I might start at 
the end of your comment and, and work back to the beginning, I, I do want to pass a comment back to you and your team as well. I don't think that, um, and Carolyn and I express it frequently, um, that with the consulting team at Deloitte and your team, I don't think either of us have ever experienced such a rapid development of a product from thought to finish um, as we're seeing in, in this particular piece of work that you're doing. And some of the things that have really struck me are just the level of understanding that you have of our business and our desire to make um, the complex simple, particularly for our clients and visitors. Um, you know, some of the drafting work that you guys have done in, in what the client will receive by way of an email offering them a QR code into the office. These are some of the things that we would have poured over with other providers or business partners, you know, and, and done 15 drafts on. And I think the first draft I ever saw from you guys was, yes, that's it, you've nailed it. So I, I think we have created a lovely partnership between Deloitte and your team uh, and, and you've very much gleaned who we are and, and what we want. So thank you very much for that. Um, about my own personal journey, I suppose, um, you know, if I reflect on my early life, I, I was a mother at 18, um, which was probably a, a huge surprise to myself and my parents and anyone else who was around at the time. Um, so I found myself, you know, um, very early in my life having to take responsibility for myself and for a growing family. I had three children by the time I was 22. So there were things that I didn't do when I was a young person that are traditionally expected of young people, which is freedom, going out, dressing up, doing all of those things. So I found myself in an, an older person's world quite quickly. Uh, and as my family grew and I started to get freedom um, a lot earlier than perhaps other people do, I, I found that I could focus a little bit more on myself and I could find my own identity and develop a style that was unique to me because I felt that in many cases I was quite different to many of my other colleagues and the life that they had led. Um, and, and with that came a desire, I think, to, to use my practical skills and to find ways in which I could support other women who may have had quite um, difficult starts to life or found themselves in situations that were, you know, probably more challenging um, and, and more adverse than they otherwise would have wanted. So even though people see me in a particular way, um, I feel that once they know you know, sort of my beginnings in life, they understand that I feel quite connected back to, to other women who, who struggle with, um, with finding out who they are and, and where their place is in life, particularly in any sort of employment or corporate world. And with that just simply came a, a desire to make sure that I was a role model to the people that are around me, a role model to my three daughters, to my stepsons, to my grandchildren and somebody that was going to age with dignity, um, never shy away from the fact that I'm probably much older than most people that I work with, but, but I can still hold my own and I've, um, I've done that just with a general presence that I believe I have developed. Um, clothes play a part in that. Um, less a part now that I'm working from home, I must say, <laughs> but I can't wait to get back and put on something nice. Yeah, but those things became important to me because they became a, um, I suppose, a, a, a visible presence of who I of who I hoped people would see me as in my role. 
I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that. We, we I would just got off a podcast a couple of days ago where I interviewed Ian Morgan from um, AMP Capital, and he and I have discussed at, at length the diversity that you can't see. So when people talk about um, like gender diversity or you know trying to get I don't know just ethnic like like ethnicity diversity into the workplace but they're missing the point of all of this other diversity so it's the life experience that people have had my my brother had kids at 19 as well and yeah it's it's the diversity of um those past experiences that actually bring diversity into the decisions and into the way that people work and especially if you're you know mentoring teams and managing teams and stuff I think that is so much a part of what we should be bringing to work and it's probably not talked about that much. I think you're right. I think that's one reason why I've um, been very, very happy to stay at Deloitte and feel very, very loyal to the firm. I think we absolutely mean what we say when we talk about our diversity and inclusion Um methodologies, they're really pushed hard out into the firm. We would be absolutely taken to task if we didn't demonstrate on a daily basis our commitment to, you know, including everyone and um, respecting diversity at every level, including diversity of thought, uh, which Mm -hmm. I think is what you're leading to, that, you know, some of these things only come from experience. And it it is a lens that you can put over things. And I often say, you know, I'm not the most technical person in the the room, but I might... will be the wisest right now around certain things so let's let's take a different approach to that or let's look at it through a different set of eyes and you know Carolyn does that really well too because of her vast experience that she's had Um, and I, I think everyone yeah certainly gains a lot from us being able to share our experiences with them. Oh I I totally agree I I the the lens is a good word and I, and you're right, Carolyn does that really well. What I've noticed about you, Carolyn, is that you're always thinking through two lenses, I guess, what's good for the experience and then what's going to make things like that are compliance and emergency management and some of the less sexy kind of things that we have to talk about. Um, you sort of always have two things at the front of your mind. You're going for experience but you're also thinking about the, the legal implications, the emergency management, the compliance. Um, can we can we talk a little bit about that? Like how you see technology? In- I pressed the wrong button, but we're back. <laughs> Sorry. If you could see me now, I'm under a blanket trying to. <laughs> I could hear those the children in the background. I was I was a little concerned that uh, my dog would decide to bark away. He, she's gone up and slept up the front of the house. So so much. Much appreciated that because she'll just see someone walk past the the window and off she goes. (laughs) It's so funny working like this, isn't it? Like I'm used to dogs barking, kids in the background, a couple of interruptions here and there. It doesn't really, you know, in the hours that I'm saving in um, commuting. Not travelling. Yeah. You know what I think is probably one thing I've noticed you actually, people are much warmer. Um, Yeah. People, you're seeing a little bit more of the true self, um, you know, their own home environment. I think that that's been a real a real change in this environment, um, a real need to be more connected and actually, um, you know, actually 
actually sort of want to know, get to know someone more. Often you're, you're actually, um, Robin's actually going to re, um, rejoin. Um, often, often you, you, you know, you want to, you get to know people, but you're in the rush. I, I actually see people are taking that little bit more time at a beginning of a meeting to smile, to laugh, to talk about something that's a little not, not business first. Um, it's been a, you know, quite a positive experience in lots of ways. Um, in seeing, in just seeing how people have, are coping and managing. It's not to say it's a perfect world, but it's certainly, it's certainly, I'm, I'm finding people are much warmer. I'm also, you know, enjoying the fact that I'm talking to people. Uh, obviously, I've got a massive project on at the moment, but um, certainly talking to more people face to face. And I think that that gives us a level of connectedness as, as well. Would you like me to pick up on that question prior? Uh, that question that I asked horribly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the one. Sorry, <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah. No, I think I've. I think I'm okay. I look at you. You. There's two things. I always look at um, any sort of uh, technical solution in with two lenses. Um, I'll come back to emergency management, but. You know, yes, absolutely. The experience. What is the person that is going to touch point on that piece of technology, and how will they find it? Will it be simple? Will it be easy for them? Do they? They don't need a license to drive it. They, you know, and I think that's something. And I reiterate what Robin had said earlier: is that the solution has come out. It's, it's really intuitive, um, and. It's easy to see and see how people are going to do it. So amazing job, and you know, really credit to to um, Place OS. I think it's done a great. It's it's really turning out to something fantastic. So we're looking forward to seeing it in final. But in going back to that, it's two things. You know, I, I think you have the lens of what is it like for that experience, but then making sure it actually, from my my perspective, is that behind the scenes, how is that operating and how is you know is it also easier for the for the team behind the scenes and how are they doing and is it actually meeting from an operational delivery what we really need um, so if I then go to things like emergency management when we're you know I think of some of the technology and some of the extra work we're getting done is um, wanting to um, have this tool that's going to tell me I've got. Um, this many people in the office at this time. I'm, I'm, I know that I had this many people come out of the building. Um, I know that they, that I'm able to report into any if we have a crisis that we need to be able to give good informed information. And these are some of these tools that are helping us do that um, from an emergency management perspective. And I'm, I think we're also starting to find that. We can do things more online, more technical, more of these sort of solutions we've been doing very much face-to-face and, and walking through, but we're getting online tools now as part of the world we're currently living in, but I believe are going to move us forward going, you know, going forward when we get back to what is the new norm. So, yeah, two lenses always. The experience, you know, we want it to be enhanced and, and, and uh um, deliver on that piece, but then also it has to be from an operational, has to meet um, what we need to achieve with any piece of technology. So I'm always looking at anything I do with two lenses um, so that we can, we can, we actually feel like we're delivering. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think you you understand platform better than anybody else in that regard because anything that we're saying about um, what we can do for experience always has that that other side of that same data can be used for another point. And I think that once people understand what data is going in, like Gallagher data, for example, people entering the building via their phone or their swipe card or their QR code, that's going in to help manage visitors but and get them into spaces but the same data can be helped can be used to help them get out of those spaces and make sure that if there is an emergency people can get out safely and and even given contextual information about how to navigate the building and where to go in the case of an emergency so um yeah i think for a not so technical person i think i I think you don't give yourself enough credit. You're probably a bit more technical than you know. <laughs> um, look, uh, I think what we uh, we went through an immense sort of period of of looking at what are our what are our needs and then what would we want as well. And I think what we've we've probably landed most often in in you know if it's not this piece of technology, our meeting technology as well. Um, we've we've landed with a fine balance of of both of those and in what cases the balances where our wants have also been met rather than, you know, you know, our line of, okay, if we don't get all this, this will be our line of where our needs are. And I think that's one of the pieces around Deloitte that we've been able, that I, I've really noticed we've been able to to challenge and push forward is that willingness to to move it a little bit further than just meeting that immediate need. It's 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 moving it forward to be more forward thinking, developing it to be um, something that's going to bring us into the future a little bit further than where we where we are now. And I think that's some of the the positiveness I've seen out of what we've delivered, yep. um, or what we're delivering with you. Um, we're getting we're getting more than that, and and I think that's it's very exciting to to be able to say these are some of the things that we're going to have and be able to be more analytical about our space, to be able to see how people are coming in, to be able to track better with, but they have the access to the information. Landell is is one of the things. Um, that we all challenge with with disparate systems that you have. You know, mm-hmm. not every not every system can give you um, the information and to be able to give it give it to us easily without tremendous amounts of manipulation. Whereas this is where we're starting to see what we're developing is we're developing it to what do we need now and then how can we move this forward? So how can we how can I use some of this analytics to better operate? our workplaces to um, to be more effective, to be more environmentally friendly. Rob and I often talk about, you know, sensor management and how we're going to um, look at how we're using, being able to look at how we're using space in a more informed way um, and more immediate than, you know, often we're looking historically, but more immediate. Can we, can we operate differently? You know, one of the things we've talked about now and I talk about with Kieran is, you know, you know, why do we have every floor open? We have a team, you know, our Deloitte family works fairly hard and, you know, often people are working at night, you know, well, why do we have 10 floors open with, you know, three, a spattering of people across them? Why can't we be more efficient and look at how we can be more environmentally sustainable by saying, well, okay, if we're going to work after hours, let's work from these three floors. This, you know, working, thinking and working differently and how that enhances the workplace and some of the tools. 
if some of the analytics will help us manage better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you're going to like some of the new designs for the next phase too, because we've looked at that as far as like what you can do with the app and showing availability of spaces and showing capacity on each floor so that if something, if a floor is at say 18% capacity, we could send the people who are on that floor down to another floor, which is at 30% capacity so that one floor becomes at 48% capacity and we can turn off one floor. So there's some there's some cool things that we can do with just via exactly the same um, application that people will be using. And it's not that they're having to do anything differently. It's more just picking up the data and then writing the logic that says, okay, well, if this, this floor is only um, 18% full, let's send these people downstairs or offer a, offer them a coffee downstairs, something to sort of incentivize them. And then we can close down a floor and, yeah, save the energy. It's just one of those concepts that, that we're sort of throwing around. So I think we'll present that soon. <laughs> Landau, we're looking forward to seeing yeah, yeah, absolutely, Landau. And I think what um, Carolyn and I have become quite expert at is finding the best mechanism to influence decision-making at Deloitte. So at the moment, if we were to put something into a, a climate change, sustainability, environmental impact framework, we know mm -hmm. it's going to resonate with people. It's going to resonate with leadership because we've got global targets to achieve and it's going to resonate with all of our people because they actually care about making a difference. So it's not necessarily just having the capacity to do these things or the capability. It's about how do you translate that into a language that is really, really current for people in the firm. And I think that's where we have become, I, I hope you agree, Carolyn, quite good at, at reading the landscape and saying, I know what I want to tell them, but I'm going to have to shape it in a way that it's going to sit comfortably with them or they're going to think this is amazing and we're a first-person people to do this and why wouldn't we get that, you know, first-to-market edge on it. Um, and I think that, um, you know, environmental and sustainability issues are very, very paramount, as is anything to do with community at the moment, obviously, with everything that's happening and anything to do mm -hmm. with wellness. So if we need to structure something that's new to the firm but we create a wellness piece around that, um, then we know that it's going to resonate with people more than if we just say, guys, it's about time you did this. We need to give them a reason that's important to them. I think the other thing that um, I'd like to compliment um, your team on Landell is your, I suppose, patience with a large organisation like Deloitte and some of our global requirements around, you know, security. Um, and as we are all moving in a very, very rapidly evolving technology space, these sorts of things are becoming more and more of paramount importance to us and you've never once tried to push back on that with us. It's about what do you need us to do? How can we support you in getting the approvals or, or navigate um, through these issues? And that, that's really important to us because in many cases we don't have an option. Um, we simply have to comply with, with our, you know, experts in global and, and it's great to partner with an organisation that sees those things as importantly as we do. Uh, yeah, we absolutely do. I think that when it comes to security and things like that, like we're only a smaller organisation, so we don't have those same 
strict protocols, um, but all of our clients do. And I think more and more we're seeing our clients be surprised that we've already thought of that and we've got that in our code. Um, mm. uh, so it, I, I think it's just, yeah, experience. The first couple of times we had to do these, the security questionnaires was a bit of a shock to me. Um, but we've got more experienced people in our business and, and very good coders. And so luckily we're able to navigate a lot of those processes pretty well now that we've done it so many times. But I, I take your point, though. It, it, it feels like sometimes in a large organisation, just when you think you've got everything signed off that needed to be signed off, there's another questionnaire or there's another um, protocol that you have to step through at the 11th hour that you that just popped up. It seeming seemingly it just popped up. And I think that's the value of really good internal relations as well. I mean, we, we I think are able to um, get um, accelerated decision making when when we need to or when we can. I think there's a sense of trust in us identifying that, yes, we understand it's a risk, but we can minimise it or there's a mitigation strategy, et cetera. So I think, you know, a lot of large organisations get very tied up in red tape and bureaucracy. I do feel, and I hope you agree, that Deloitte is relatively agile in the way it deals with these things and that we can get even some very, very complex issues resolved relatively quickly. Um, before I before we sort of sign off, I wanted to talk about what's next. I mean, I know that you both are on the front line with um, guest services teams, managing those teams who who offer the services to your guests, and I guess that client experience of being able to um, invite people into your office, give them the the white glove service. How do you think this uh, this whole stage of working from home, this whole stage of, um, you know, social distancing and trying to keep safe from a, you know, global pandemic, how will that affect what Deloitte does next? Yes, well, we all wish we had a crystal ball on that one, but we are starting to to really do some thinking about that and, and leveraging some of our large suppliers too. We've got some really great relationships with um office furniture and fit-out suppliers who surprisingly have some very, very good insights into the future of work uh, in, in what might be the new norm. We have a wonderful relationship with the, um, the large caterer Compass, um, helping to navigate what exactly what you're saying, what, what's food service going to look like, what's entertaining going to look like in the, uh, in the corporate world. So we're trying to leverage our relationships. Um, we have very, very expert teams on the ground, Landell, as you probably know, and um, they all have some wonderful ideas about um, what the future might look like. Uh, I think there will be a period of time where we're cautious about um, how close we get to people and, you know, how large we allow our events to get to. But I, I, I'm confident that it will return to, to a, a phase where everyone will feel very, very comfortable coming back into relatively large functions and events and, and, and enjoy again that, that sense of conversation and collaboration and, and face-to-face um, connection that I, I do think people are craving, to be honest. Uh, I think people are, are getting a little bit um, weary of, of the, the isolation. I think you'd be crazy if you weren't getting weary of the mm. isolation. <laughs> I think even the introverts are struggling. Um, 
I think everybody just needs that sense of change of scenery a little bit. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think people will be craving that those events and coming back together. I'm not sure. I think that there's going to be some, you mentioned how there's there's plenty of specialists on the ground. I know one of the specialists is Robbie Robertson as far as user experience. I reckon my call is, is that there's probably, you know, a hundred ideas that are sitting there that up until this point, no one's really activated because there hasn't been a compelling event. And some of those ideas might bubble to the surface now that we've had that compelling event. Might just, you know, get people thinking a little bit differently about how we go about working from now on. But I'm, I'm really keen to see what comes out of Deloitte. I know that you consult to a lot of workplaces as well on how they can do things better and into the future and future-proof their smart buildings and their workplace experience. So the ideas that will come out of Deloitte I think will spread, um, hopefully not as quick as coronavirus, but... <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I look. I agree. I think that you know the what is the new norm, and you're seeing lots of people talking about what it might be, and 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 certainly there's going to be an absolute. There is an absolute element of cabin fever. I think we're all feeling that. Um, and and I suppose me trying to be look at it in a, a bit of more of a positive light. There's also that acceptance now that I can do this, you know, I'm able yeah. to still still be able to do this and balance work life as well. Um, it's been very challenging for our parents, obviously, managing managing education as well as, you know, managing their work life and and you know, trying to still deliver which I would normally do, and 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 so there's lots of those balances, but there's lots of positives too. I think people have taken a bit of a step back and slowed down, even though I suppose we're going through a fairly frantic time. But there's been a bit of a deep breath. Um, there's there's also maybe a recognition of that joy of being connected with people. So when we are face to face again, I I think, and and being more opportunity of we. Will um, people will really get joy out of that and connect quickly? Um, I still think it'll take some time, and you know, it'll be interesting to see what we're saying, talking to each other about in December, and how people are feeling in December and feeling that feeling of hopefully safety. And um, but looking at, at at what that work life balance is and how do I manage it? And I think there's going to be more openness to that ability to do that because I think many many companies didn't haven't felt that they could do it this way before and they are doing it now and and achieving and and hopefully achieving um, being in successfully being able to do it like uh, um, you know nine, 10,000 plus employees for Deloitte and you know I'm not sure Robin is it 95 percent of them are all connected yes remotely um, all connect remotely which is phenomenal wow. you know um, yeah I think you're right Carolyn um I think one thing that I I do feel that people miss, and I personally miss myself, is the ability to celebrate. Um, we are used to, as an organisation, being able to have a glass of wine or, or get together and, um, you know, celebrate our wins, celebrate our successes. We've got some very, very big projects underway and the normal outcome of that would be to get people together, to thank them face to face, you know, to offer them some sense of the value that they've brought to that project or to that outcome. 
I personally miss the ability to do that. Um, I'm looking forward to it coming back to, as an opportunity for us to, you know, socialise, share a meal together, um, you know, talk face-to-face. I, that, to me, is going to be very, very important when that comes back. Oh, that's such a good note to finish on. I don't know if I'm that keen to come back and have drinks. I think after isolation I'll, I'll be in detox for a little while. <laughs> I think there's a lot of us thinking that, Linda. <laughs> I could try and do my health kick right now, but I've got a five-year-old and an 18-month-old at home, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, thank you so much for your time. I know that you're both really, really busy. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me on the podcast. And um, yes, we're in the middle of a really hectic project and you guys absolutely killing it, being able to get um, to day one completion and get people moved from building to building and uh, all of those logistics I just did not even think about. Now it's blowing my mind with just... <laughs> be done um yes thank you so much and i will talk to you very soon thank you been a pleasure thank thank you our pleasure bye bye